I don't really know how to start shows. Come on now, don't start, don't start liking me now. So yeah, I'm funny compared to you know. Well, you'll see later. I stand for mayhem. I know a lot of fucking idiots who think a lot of shit is mean spirited just because it goes against what they believe. But the relief of comedy is it takes things that aren't funny and it allows us to laugh about them for an hour. We got a purple suit to buy and a gigantic coffin. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Why You Laughing, a history of comedy podcast. And today, I am pleased to introduce to you Don Rickles on Johnny Carson's Tonight Show. Uh, one of the most legendary talk show guests ever, I would say, is Don Rickles. My personal favorite is uh, Norm MacDonald. We did the Norm MacDonald versus Conan O'Brien episode. Um, but I think people of a different generation would probably argue with me and say that uh, Rickles on Carson is the best that it got um, because they just similar to Norman Conan. They just had a, a chemistry together. They got each other. And uh, you know, Carson was a, kind of a rare guy. And maybe I say rare because um, like when I would see Rickles on like Kimmel and Conan and even Letterman, they were almost more in awe of Rickles Whereas Johnny and Rickles were peers and, um, you know, I don't know if Carson had any legitimate friends, but they were as close to friends as uh, Carson got to anyone. So um, we will be going through some of the best appearances uh, that Rickles had on the Tonight Show back in the day. Uh, but first, I do want to remind you guys to go to blindmike.net. That is where you can get all of our links. If you want to support the show for free, on Apple, Spotify, uh, Google, YouTube. We got to get those YouTube numbers cooking now because that's what uh, that's the big thing in podcasting these days. So subscribe to the YouTube for God's sake. Um, and if you want to, uh, you know, throw a few bucks behind the show, then you're welcome to visit the Patreon as well. Uh, we do bonus episodes there, and you also get these episodes that you're listening to for free. Uh, you get them a week early on the Patreon. So if that's worth it to you, make sure you do it. And the easiest way to find all of those links is blindmike.net. And uh, another thing, interesting note I had about Rickles going through a lot of these clips is I think Don Rickles might be the best example ever of what funny people can get away with versus unfunny people. Um, <laughs> and I don't even mean that in the way you think. I think a lot of people would say that in regards to him doing, you know, racial humor and things like that. I mean more, he does have a very old-timey, like, cat skills, kind of schmaltzy vibe to him, and there are little ticks that he... Anyway, you know, yeah, like, yeah. little things that he does, where if a hack was doing those, you would jump all over him and be like, wow, what the fuck is he doing? But Rickles just has a way about him where you kind of ignore those little things. Does that make sense at all? Yeah, and, like, uh, to bring up someone more current like uh joe DeRosa does that but he does it on purpose well yeah guys, guys yeah. that do it now are almost paying tribute right. to rickles like right. that was his thing a throwaway line and go well anyway yeah but folks yeah exactly <laughs> but that's the thing is like when DeRosa does it you are because I, I find DeRosa to be a funny guy mm -hmm. and you're aware he's kind of doing it in homage of uh rickles whereas some people i think when that sort of stuff becomes hack is when the people don't realize they're doing it. They don't realize they're just copying Rickles or someone like that. You know? Right. Right. But yeah. Every, every time DeRosa is just like folks, it just kills me. <laughs> and that's all I think of is like this time period. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, Rickles also, I'm sure we'll do eventually just a full episode about the life of Don Rickles, but I figured the last couple weeks we've referenced him. That also shows you how long and amazing Rickles career was, was that in, Two back-to-back -back weeks talking about Lucille Ball and Artie Lang. Don Rickles came up. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, and we also talked about Rickles a good amount in the roasts episode that we did. Um, and, but I felt Rickles warranted a full episode. I wasn't ready to do the life of Don Rickles yet. And uh, someone suggested to me um, that, hey, wh why don't you do uh, Rickles on Carson the way you did Norman Conan? And I was like, I think that's perfect because there's so much there. And he really is. There's other guys that were on Carson. I know like um, I think Charles Grodin and Carson kind of had a thing. That's probably more with Letterman. Um, 
But there were guests. Like, I like watching old Rodney clips on Carson and everything. But I can't think of anyone that lived up to Rickles, really. You know, like, we talked about Joan Rivers on Carson. But that was a whole... There was, like, controversy there. I'm talking about just as a guest. I, I don't link anyone to Carson the way I do Rickles. I can't think of who would even be second in line, really. A lot of people say Bob Hope, and then I'll find he, videos that uh, uh, Carson hated Bob Hope, which I find hilarious. Right, right. Because, I mean, we'll see later on in this episode. Rickles does stuff that I think typically would end relationships with Johnny Carson. Yeah, but Rickles, there's a few guys that were able to get away with it. The That's, way, yeah. uh, the same way that Chris Rock went on Letterman and uh, started making jokes about Letterman getting in trouble. Right. Like, you know, some new comic couldn't do that, but Chris Rock, Dave respects. Right. Um, so we'll, we'll start by the way, with a, a few clips. Um, I think it's, it's, you know, very heavy in the early clips, not as much in the later ones. So we get past it, but it's interesting to hear Rickles, um, credit someone for his career as much as he does Johnny, you know, there were always like Rickles, you know, at the end of a roast would say, yeah, but serious, we, we love you. But with Carson, it felt more legitimate because he does really respect what Johnny was able to do for his career. Um, what's interesting about the Tonight Show, if you're looking for old clips, is um, the early years of Johnny's Tonight Show in the 1960s, um, you know, they had no real foresight, I guess, for what technology would be. And those episodes are just gone. They've like recorded over them or got rid of them or something. Like most of those 1960s Carson episodes don't exist anymore. Hmm. Um, so I can't, if, if anyone is able to find uh, Rickle's first ever appearance on there, send it to me and uh, we'll play it at a, another point. But unfortunately, I couldn't find that in existence anywhere. Um, but we do have some early stuff. And um, I think we're starting with uh, the roast, right? Yep, the Friars roast. Yeah, so this is a Friars Club uh, roast that uh, Rickles was a part of. And I, this is while Johnny was still in New York. The mayor of New York was there. So I think this is right before uh, Johnny left New York for Los Angeles. And um, this is uh, some of Rickles' roast here. Once in a while, they'd move your body or they're going to throw dirt on you. It's a great treat to have Ed Sullivan being wheeled in here to be with you tonight. Johnny, I'd like to say from the bottom of my heart, nobody likes you. You're a vicious guy. Hope you go back to Nebraska and get a fungus all over your body. His mother was supposed to be here tonight, but the pickup broke down. He's out on the highway with his father going, Oh, Johnny loves us! <laughs> Is this fun, Ed? You staying up late? I think uh, I think another thing Rickles is a, a great example of is timing, like and how important timing is uh, when it comes to you know just delivering a punchline or something. Because there are things he does that if you watch every clip of Don Rickles, you'll see some repetition. Mm -hmm. But the reason it's still funny, you know, the third or fourth time you've heard him do it, is because of his timing. Like we heard, he made a similar joke to Lucille Ball, the kind of wake up sort of a thing. Mm -hmm. like you're getting old. Uh, but his, his ability for timing and his ability to work pauses and silences is perfect. Like he's the, he's the yeah. best at it. Yeah. Right. Right. As the, the crowd's about like, they just peaked laughing. They're starting to come down. He hits them with another yeah. one and it gets even louder. He, knows than the first one. he, he kind of created that, like asking someone a question, giving him about three seconds to answer and going, ah, what a bright guy. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what else do we have from that? Uh, we have uh, the tribute. Oh yeah. So this is how he, like I said, he, he pays a lot of respect. We're going to hear a couple clips. I think of him uh, really crediting Carson for launching his career. Isn't that a good one, huh, John? How does it feel to hear laughter instead of sitting up there at 12 o'clock at night interviewing Hunts Hall? <laughs> <laughs> I, just, 
What are you saying? I was to say, I don't know who Paul is, but it's just a great name to use in that movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No clue who that is. I mean, Hunt Hall. Someone from the silent film era, probably. <laughs> I, I kid you, Johnny, and the Honorable Mayor, I say this in gesture, not that I have to apologize because you're a wonderful man. Remember backstage when you came over to me and said, I'm the mayor. <laughs> I always say in my humor, it is delightful when you kid big people. The mayor is a very prominent man. Everyone on the stairs is prominent. My whole life, my dad rest his soul, he told me, Don, if you laugh at authority and you try to do it with dignity, uh, it is fun. Uh, Johnny Carson, as Alan King mentioned, gave me my start on television uh, with the late night shows, and I'm very grateful to him. I kid about him. I flew here from California in his honor. Not that I should win a medal for that, but it is nice to know that someone is that important to you, that you can take time out from your career to pay respect to a guy that gives his all, and when he believes in you, he certainly goes all the way. Mr. Carson has done everything in his power to further my career. I am forever grateful on behalf of my wife and my little baby girl, Mindy Beth, and my mother in Miami. You are a good... <laughs> I always say that because she's in the will. <laughs> but to you, John, really, may God be good to you, and I wish you what I have. People that care, and you certainly do have that. Bless you. Well, like, I think you'll see Rickles get like that sometimes when he's roasting people at the end. He will, you know, kind of get serious for a moment. I don't know if I've heard any as genuine as that, where he's bringing up, you know, lessons he learned from his father <laughs> and applying them to uh, Johnny Carson. And it's a, just an interesting uh, quote that he had there that he said, you know, if you make fun of people in power and you do it with dignity. Um, he really lived up to that because I mean Johnny's you know one of the more powerful guys in Hollywood at that time. Um, you know he roasted Ronald Reagan for God's sake, the president, mm, right? And and I mean we'll hear a little of uh, him and Sinatra later, but like he would make mob jokes to Sinatra. Like, <laughs> no one was getting away with that in the sixties and seventies. You know, no, especially because Sinatra was so close to the Lucchese family, like like in weddings and shit and performing yeah. and, and stuff. And Rickles would just say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he really did. I, and you know, I think that is something uh, we've lost today. And we talked about it with Mort Saul. Uh, the, one of the great things we learned about Mort Saul was that he would tell people, even people on his side politically, you know, high ranking Democrats, he would say, I'm the, uh, uh, what was the phrase? The loyal opposition. Um, like I, I, I'm against you because you are in power. I'm essentially supposed to keep you in check. And that's kind of the code that, uh, Rickles lived by also. Right. right. Um, I think the next clip is, uh, with his, with Johnny's brother, right? Uh, Dick Carson. Yep. Yeah. So this is, this is a, like I said, a rare clip. I apologize for the, uh, sound quality, a rare, uh, Carson clip from the sixties. I did not know this and maybe it's worth looking more into. Um, cause I have not heard much about Dick Carson. I didn't really know, uh, Johnny had a brother that was in show business. Um, so I'll look more into that, see if there's anything with their relationship, but, uh, um, I'm sure there he, was, <laughs> I'm sure there's a falling out yeah. and Johnny never spoke to him, and, <laughs> but, but, uh, Dick, Dick Carson directed the tonight show for Johnny's first, I think like seven years. Um, that the Johnny was there and then Dick left to uh, do a show that I was not particularly successful with Don Rickles over on ABC. Um, but this is Rickles and Dick Carson on uh, back in the day. I've often wondered why people choose in their career to step down. You know, when you've got a good thing going here. But, uh, you know, it's comfortable. We're on every night. He's just telling me he's going on, you know, fine, fine, fine time. <laughs> My own brother, you see what happened? He's only been with you a couple of weeks already, he's turning. Well, I give him kiss. <laughs> I don't come up with a salami sandwich and a mat. Hey, really? Are you salami sandwich and a mat? Are you looking forward to it, really? Very much so, yeah. Going out next week, and we're going to uh, get together with Pat McCormick. Yeah, he's got the big old... I know he's got a show. Lots of ideas already in line for Don. Oh, you'll, be, you'll be good for Don. Really? 
And uh, your brother will be one of our guests, which we're thrilled about, because <coughs> many people ask me, uh, you know, Johnny Carson was the first guy to put me on nighttime television, which is a fact. And I'm very proud to have Johnny as one of our guests. I'm sure they could too. It'll be a lot of fun. I also had passage on the Andre Doria. So we'll be right back after working at a local station. You can also tell how uncomfortable Johnny is with uh, compliments. I know. He hates <laughs> he does it. not like it. I prefer you roasting me the entire time you're up here. Uh, another, another, just an interesting thing about comedy in general, I think, and why it's so silly to go back and find old tweets or old clips of people and, uh, you know, try to hold their feet to the fire and have them answer for something they said years ago. Uh, because comedy isn't supposed to hold up. Like when Rickles there says a salami sandwich in a map, I have no idea what the fuck he's talking about. No clue. <laughs> I'm sure it was funny for the time, but I don't know what the hell he meant. <laughs> but there's another interesting angle to that, which is uh, something that to reference Chris Rock again, um, Chris Rock has a joke uh, where he says, if you're white, the sky's the limit. And if you're black, the limit's the sky. And that gets a big laugh. And uh, Joe List and Louis C.K. were talking about that. And because uh, Louis friends with Chris Rock and Joe List was like, that what does that mean? It doesn't make any sense. Like, it gets a laugh, but I don't understand it. And so they called Chris Rock and asked him. And he said, it doesn't mean anything. It's just the timing works. <laughs> people, people get what I'm going for. So <laughs> the timing works. And one thing that I would see, like Rickles, uh, Carson would always call Rickles out for this, and no one else did, uh, at least not that I've seen, is, um, you know, Rickles would say something like that, like I just mentioned the salami and maps or whatever the fuck he said. Um, Carson would call him out for that and say, what do you mean by that? And there's one clip where uh, Rickles goes, I don't know, but they're laughing. Isn't that what you wanted? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, that's great when you've perfected, you could just say nonsense, but but if you do it with the right timing, I'm sure that sounds like I'm insulting Rickles, but I'm not. It's actually a masterful talent, I think. Oh, for sure. It's hard enough to get laughs with words. Yeah, with words that make coherent sense. Right, that's (laughs) I can't even make my example. <laughs> All right. Now we're getting into, now we're getting into the better stuff here. Better sound quality. You know, the, the peak tonight show the quote better. <laughs> yeah. What do we, uh, what do we got? Uh, 11 years. Uh, yeah. So Carson was big on anniversaries. Uh, like I said, for a guy that doesn't love compliments, there were ever half the shows I found were anniversary <laughs> specials. Um, so this is on there. Uh, uh, so this is still early seven. This is probably 72, I think. You know, these kind of nights, uh, as Bert has said, uh, and Buddy has said, and uh, Ed talked to you briefly, with accolades of, uh, you know, like 11 years, and it makes uh, my uh, my starting on The Tonight Show with you, yeah. it's like uh, it's like everybody's back there saying, gee, you got to do good, and you got to wish Johnny luck, or, you know, what have you, you know, which we all do, you know. But I, uh, observing in the back, say from the bottom of my heart, Johnny, you're a very wealthy man. Remember what happened last time you said that? I know that, but uh, I don't mean it in that sense. Uh, The good Lord has blessed you and your family and your lovely wife. And you're, thank you so much, Bert. (laughs) Bert is lonely. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's a very difficult thing when uh, Bert Reynolds, who's a very glib guy, a Buddy Hackett, one of our great comedy minds, and Ed McMahon, who's at the end of the couch, annoying, <laughs> annoying Buddy now saying, can't you use me in Vegas? Uh, I mean, Ed knows and I know, Johnny. You don't have a friend. <laughs> you have me, John, because I still feel you're hot in the business. <laughs> I, I love, I, I always loved um, when they're, when the guests would interact with each other. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you kind of, when I was uh, old enough to be watching like talk shows and so you didn't have that as much where mm-hmm. the first guest would slide down the couch and the next guy would come out. Yeah. yeah. Then, like that, uh, like that Norman Courtney Thorne Smith clip. Right. I was going to say, it was like, I, I caught the end of that. Yeah. Does it didn't happen as much in like the 2000s say, but it's such an interesting thing because they're, and now, you know what? Now it doesn't really matter either. Um, 
because of the internet and everything, the world is so small where you will see podcasts with a couple different celebrities just talking about the old days or whatever. Um, in the seventies, there's no other setting where you would see Burt Reynolds laughing his ass off at Don Rickles. Right. right. <laughs> and Rickles like making fun of this like young, handsome sex symbol, you know, looking like Don Rickles. Like <laughs> there weren't a lot of opportunities for that. Right. Um, and they, like you hear him uh, busting Ed's balls there, which was always fun. Uh, and I think in one of the roasts he called Ed a wino, which is hilarious. <laughs> Ed did enjoy the drink, is my understanding. But um, but there was also in uh, the documentary about Rickles, uh, Mister Warmth. Um, he uh, Ed McMahon says that Don would usually make a big bit of. Uh, coming out and only paying attention to Ed. Like you would make a big show of hugging Ed and everything and just ignoring Johnny, which is <laughs> a hilarious move. <laughs> Mr. Warmth. Um, which is a name, by the way, that Carson um, created. He calls him uh, every, every time he introduced him. Yeah. Uh, Milton Burl dubbed um, uh, Rickles, what was it? The Merchant of Venom. I think is the nickname he got from Milton Burrell. Um, but Rickles said his favorite nickname or moniker that anyone gave him was Mr. Warmth. Um, I found like the story, the origin of that name. I couldn't find the clip that it comes from. Um, but essentially it's Rickles kind of comparing his style of comedy to being a bullfighter. <laughs> and then they just started talking about that song uh the uh the bullfighter song that became like his theme song um the uh like they would play every time he walked out of the night show and then it even was his the song when he walk, would walk out on stage um after that so that's where that theme song comes from and also just because of uh rickles sunny disposition <laughs> carson referred to him as mr warmth and rickles said that was his uh uh, his his favorite name of any that he was given over the years. It's it sounds uh, inviting, and then you realize why he's called that. <laughs> it's sarcasm. <laughs> um, next we have uh, them talking about how they met. Oh yeah, let's uh, hear a little more about the uh, old because it seems like in the sixties, you know, kind of coming up in New York, they were genuinely friends. At least Rickles tells stories of like hanging with Ed McMahon and, and Johnny back in the day. What were you doing 11 years ago? 11 years ago, yeah. I was in the lounge in the Sahara hotel. And I owe that to a guy called Stan Irwin and my manager, Joe Scandori. And I was in the lounge and we used to do a show at five o'clock in the morning. And that's the first time I met you. And you sat at the far bar. Now, truth? Now, they think I'm kidding. We had met before in New York, before right. you got this. That's right. When you had the daytime show, hit the clock, win a cookie. No, no. <laughs> hit the dime, no, hit the no, buzzer. No, no, what no, was no. that dumb well, show you, you had? Well, it was called Do You Trust Your Wife. <laughs> you heard the crowd? Yeah, well... Everybody kept me going for four years. It sure did. And meanwhile, I was up in Connecticut at the Red Lobster watching a lobster come off the table. I'm Jewish. Anyway, but anyway, anyway, folks, segueing. Eleven years ago, I was in the lounge, and I'll never forget when I met you. And you sat at the back lounge, and I got so nervous as I am tonight. For the first time in the history of the Tonight Show, I say with honesty. I am nervous. Nervous, not in the sense of worrying about my security as a performer, but because it's a, like an anniversary, especially, and I'm being very sincere about this. And I must say to you, Johnny, on behalf of my family and myself and all your fans, and this sounds like a, uh, you know, like we said in the no, army, yes, I don't. making the nose go purple. Uh, the guy went, don't go purple. But uh, what I'm saying to you is, I thank you, I thank you for making my family and yours truly Get a little bit up the ladder, and I appreciate well, it. Well, you don't have to say that. <laughs> Don, please shut up. <laughs> I think it's the last time we have to hear Rickles thank Carson for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Until I think the last clip. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, and there was another kind of interesting little throwaway thing in there, too, where you hear Rickles give the, but anyway... And then you ever so slightly hear Carson go, but anyway, like we, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I was referring to where Carson's the one guy to like call out his shtick kind of. We got it. We see through you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that, I, there's a little bit of a, I think what you were alluding to Craig is um, first of all, he was making fun of the success of his daytime show. But also I think there was a little poking fun at uh, 
Johnny's success with relationships, which is <laughs> something that uh, Rickles and only a handful of others could really get away with. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, next, we have uh, Don hosting with uh, someone we appreciate very much. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, if you subscribe to the Patreon, you'll know why this was a sentimental moment for me. Or if you're watching uh, right now above to, your shoulder. I did. Yes, that's right. Uh, I did want to include a couple clips from when Don would host. Um, I don't know how often. I don't know if that's a, a Google search away or not. I don't know if that information is out there. But I don't know how many times Rickles um, hosted The Tonight Show. I don't think it was as many as like, uh, Newhart or uh, Joan or any of those any of those guys. Shandling I know hosted a lot. Um, so I was interested, but I know I knew he did host, and I was like, how would Don be at that? Because he doesn't seem like the typical talk show guy. He doesn't seem interested in hearing from other people. And I quickly realized, oh, he does it exactly like Don Rickles would. That makes sense. He doesn't try and become the Tonight Show. He made the Tonight Show his own thing when he hosted. From a quick Google search, uh, it's not giving me an answer, but he appeared on the show over 100 times. Well, yeah, that I know. But yeah, yeah I, I, I'm not sure how often he hosted. But there were um, at least uh, a few different appearances that I found. So this is him with uh, the great... Jack Klugman. And if you want to hear more about uh, Jack Klugman, go to the Patreon and watch Quincy with us. But here's a little taste. I love you. You look terrific. I kiss your hand. I kiss your toes. <laughs> Whatever you want. What do you want, sir? Well, don't on the air. Much. Uh, I would never sing you. May I say something as a friend? Anything you want. Think about a nose job. <laughs> One. Did you really? No, I used to have a ball at the end of my nose like Carl Malden. I had to remove. Hey, listen, Joe Scandori. Talk to him. I talked to the wall. No, no, you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we gotta get to the main stuff. Uh, what are we gonna talk about? Your truck driver suit? You make up my nose. Did you mention my nose? You mentioned my nose. I told you about my nose. No need for me to get hot, is it? <laughs> Turned on me like Hitler was my son. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so yeah, like he would just roast the guy. I think he would have people on that he liked. Um, like Klugman was in, uh, I know he was on uh, a couple of the Dean Martin roasts. So I think he was kind of in that, that circle. Um, and his, uh, interviewing style, at least based on that Klugman interview seemed just like Don Rickles. He's just going to bust his balls more <laughs> or less. And he added something very interesting. I thought I I'd never heard much about this until again, um, in that Mr. Warmth documentary, uh, that I think was on HBO originally. Um, Scorsese's in it and he's telling a story about Rickles uh, going up to a kid in the audience when he was hosting the Tonight Show and asking how old he was and the kid answering and Rickles giving him a little smack and saying don't lie to me <laughs> and Scorsese's like he's doing this on television it's crazy <laughs> but uh, uh, this is a little, uh, another taste because I, I was like so is Rickles just going to do a monologue where he's you know, joking about the news of the day that doesn't feel like Rickles. And he certainly did not do that. This is a, a taste of what he would do. Lovely lady. Could you stand here? Could you stand? She knows. <laughs> do you have some sort of illness? You're a stunning lady. Are you, are you Jamaican? Half. Half Jamaican? What's the other half? Black. Black. Perfect for my needs. <laughs> you can drink rum and you can be my live-in help. What's your name, dear? Holly McGee. Holly McGee. You don't mind my kidding with you, do you, Holly? No. Don't be nervous. No. <laughs> Ever since Roots, they do what they want. I don't know. <laughs> Give Holly a nice hand. She was shaking. She did not like that. <laughs> He is. I mean, uh, it's it's crazy to go up to someone and just say that <laughs> yes. unprovoked. But there is. I think you see the charm that Rickles has there, and like why he would get not just get away with that, but it became like an honor. You would want to meet Rickles and have him shit on you. That was a dream. And I think you see a little bit of his charm there, where he's balancing. These, you know, horribly uh, racially charged jokes <laughs> that was with, with like making sure she's comfortable and kind of apologizing. It's a it's a balancing act that he does uh, better than anyone, I think. 
Uh, yeah, I was stunned when I heard that though, because <laughs> you're like now you'd be like, oh my god. That's that, that's the interesting thing that I said when Rickles died, is um, and it's the same with guys like uh, you know Patrice and Greg Giraldo and things like that. People will celebrate uh, what a genius he was. And, uh, you know, I talked about this a little with Norman Lear, who's still alive, um, but they'll celebrate what a genius he was while if you, if any of their, you know, classic material premiered today, they'd be in prison, right? <laughs> they'd, be, they'd be chased through the streets. It wouldn't be allowed. Um, so I, it's interesting how like certain humor, uh, was accepted then and isn't accepted now, but I don't know. Rickles is, uh, the best at balancing it, I guess is my point. Yeah, and he, I think he knew she didn't like it too, right? At the end, he's like, ah, shit. <laughs> oh, thank you for... But yeah, that's the thing is he was a nice man. You could tell he was a nice man because he didn't want to. There are a lot of comedians, and I'm not even saying it's right or wrong, but there are a lot of comedians who would be, you know, maybe just as funny as Rickles in that situation, mm -hmm. but then be like, oh, you dumb bitch. What, are you going to be sensitive about it? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's like, that is, there is, you know... uh tact to it a lot of the time and that's why Rickles was so good and is so beloved because I think he knew how to walk that line a little bit he's saying these crazy offensive things but also cares about how she's reacting to it right right um and just one other note about that clip is just the real reason I probably obviously I thought it was very funny but the real reason I pulled it is just that it's I think it's so smart of Rickles and I don't know you know, I don't know enough about if, if this would be on the advice of Johnny or Peter LaSalle or just completely on his own. Uh, but I think it's so smart of Rickles to say like, Hey, I'm not going to joke about the news of the day, the way Johnny does. I'm Don Rickles. So I'm going to literally walk into the crowd and just start fucking with these people. It's very smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, as soon as he started talking to her, she was like, God damn it. <laughs> I don't. I also I don't know how he guessed Jamaican right off the bat. That's, um, I don't. That was a bold move. <laughs> <laughs> and he was right. Yeah, he was right. Um. All right. What's next? Uh, next we have uh, the cigarette box. Well, this is classic. This is probably the number one. If you asked anyone, um, that even peripherally watched the Tonight Show back in the day, uh, you know, for your top classic moments this would probably be in there um, when Bob Newhart was hosting and uh, Rickles and Newhart were obviously great friends. Rickles was on the show and he's doing like this act out where he ends up kind of uh, basically hitting the cigarette box against the table mm -hmm. and uh, wackiness ensues. <laughs> It'll be wonderful. You just sit with him and hum to animals and birds all day long. <laughs> Then you'll get a day job, go back to Chicago and do what you do best. Count, carry the two, five and five and six. Seven and seven is 14. And that's $40. It's okay, you can now go to Mexico. It's notes. This is not your land, you crazy cunning. You're not gonna have the land. You stupid man, you're not gonna have the land. It's no good. This is not your land. You take Carson cigarette box. He loves that he did it. You can tell he broke Carson's cigarette box. And uh, Newhart, by the way, it's very subtle. I don't even know if you can hear it. But uh, Newhart just goes, oh, no. <laughs> 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 There's no reeling them in at that point. <laughs> Um, so, uh, then the next night, uh, Johnny discovers what, what happened. Uh-oh. What the hell happened to this? Well, as, as long as you, it's, you've seen what happened. You know how long I've had the cigarette box on his desk? You brought that out from New York City? I brought this from New York. What on earth? It happened last night. Who? Don Rickles. I did not see the Don show Don Rickles last did it last night. Are you putting me on now? No, no. Don Rickles did it last night on the show. He, what I the hell did he do with it? <laughs> the wood is broken. <laughs> That's an heirloom. <laughs> 
an heirloom. <laughs> this is what I was referring to when I said if it was like anybody else, they would have been out of his life forever. <laughs> oh, you know what? I never even really thought of that. You're right. So here's what I think. I think Rickles genuinely broke the cigarette box by accident. I do too. I think now, now we're in, we're involved in a bit. I think we're watching. I think Car like no one's not going to tell Carson that happened. <laughs> you know, and he's a great actor, and that was <laughs> he does a, he does a pretty good job. I think there. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think he's, he's in on the bit. Um, but what still makes this interesting and a great TV moment is, um, that Carson kind of breaks, uh, you know, I guess breaks the fourth wall and it's not what we usually would see on the tight show. And this was at a time, um, you know, I think SNL has done a bunch of stuff like this since, but, uh, this is at a time where you would never see the goings on, you know, behind the backstage on a television set. Um, That was something that was very foreign to people. So this was like a really cool moment that uh, Carson came up with. I just saw him in makeup getting ready to tape that uh, FPO uh, Harky. CPO CPO Shirky. Uh, I don't know. He told a joke and it didn't go well and he got upset and he didn't kick it. Is he in? St- he hit it. He hit it with Is his he hand. Taping he's, taping that, he's taping across the hall. CPO Shark. Can I get over there? Can I get over there? Dana Carvey's amazing. <laughs> Be right back. Come on. Just follow me. Is he in studio? Are they taping? Are they on the air? I don't give a damn if they're on the air. The crowd's all fired up, too. Kick his ass, Johnny. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck him up. Rickles. Rickles. Hold. Stop the taping. Stop the taping. Somebody broke my cigarette box. Like you know, most people involved were in. It. I don't know if Rickles was in on this. I don't think. I don't know, I, man. I can't tell. It doesn't seem like he knew Carson was coming in. No, he had He's that pulling sm- it off well. If he if he was in on it, he had like that like this is funny smile on his face, and then the yeah. the other guy on the show also was. It's ve- I, think, I think the rest of the show had to be in it on. Johnny's not just going to interrupt an NBC show taping oh, back, some bit no one knows is going on. Who's going to tell him no back then? That's true. No one's going to tell him no. But I guess my point is I, I, Rickles could be on it, but it doesn't seem like it. I don't know if anyone's in on this or if this was even. A, I think this, this could have been spur of the moment. Be, it could be completely improvised. I would just be surprised. I don't know enough about technology in the seventies if they would just be ready to go like that to follow him into the hallway and everything, you know? Yeah, he's got a big corded microphone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just started the show. I picked my box up off my desk that I've had for nine years. My box is broken. <laughs> they told me they told me you broke it on the show last night. Well, I I, I really I I I, I And so they go, they go back and forth for a little while. It's a great, great television moment. And then, uh, as Carson's about to leave, Rickles goes, uh, Johnny Carson, everybody. And Carson goes, they they know who I am. Why do you always do that? (laughs) (laughs) So it was, it was a great moment. And like I said, Carson's not close to very many people, but you can tell he genuinely enjoys Rickles. Cause like you said, there would just be this thing. If he didn't respect Rickles, it would just be a thing like, Hey, how come after I, Rickles was on with Newhart and then he was never on after that. It was weird. What happened? Yeah. yeah like, and Carson were like, why is this guy breaking my property? Yeah. Right. Um, so uh, I Google searched. He's not in the top 10 of guest hosts. Uh, yeah. Letterman is the number 10 at 51. So it's somewhere below there somewhere. 
Yeah, right. Which is still, I mean, 51 is a lot. It's crazy how many shows Johnny missed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, I guess he was on for 30 years, so it adds up. Yeah. But like the guy had Mondays off. And then I think at a certain point, he might have had Fridays off as well. Good for him. It doesn't seem right, but. <laughs> That's where Howard got it from. I, well, that's the thing is Howard will always bash Johnny for shit like that. And it's like, well, once you reach a certain level, I mean, those he, days off sound pretty good. He, he's just completely gone. But I was saying uh, in the middle of that, like Dana Carvey's amazing. Because you're just like, watching. The you're impression? Just, yeah. It's, it's just the mannerisms. Everything was just spot on. And you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I completely forgot. It was good. Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, Rich Little played him in the movie. So he's the the real master, I guess. Bizarre mm. uh, casting. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. But um, the next one is Black Chokes. <laughs> if you didn't have enough of those. <laughs> Listen, again, it was a different time, all right? <laughs> but these were his friends. Rickles is talking about his friends here. Rick, keep that in mind. Right, last night, we did an affair together for Sammy Davis Jr. for the Friars. You had, and you still have a little bit of it, you had a very bad case of um, bronchitis, laryngitis. Yeah, but how are you going to say to Sam you can't show up? You know, they'll move into the neighborhood. That's right. <laughs> but uh, it's a little humor. Carson goes, little hold humor. on, just go back. Because Carson, before he realized what he was agreeing with, goes, that's right. <laughs> Pulled away. <laughs> yeah, and then watch his smile on his face if you're watching. <laughs> An affair together for Sammy Davis Jr. for the Friars. You had, and you still have a little bit of it, you had a very bad case of um, bronchitis, laryngitis. Yeah, but how are you going to say to Sam you can't show up? You know, they'll move into the neighborhood. That's right. <laughs> but uh, it's a little humor, a little humor. I don't want to get four letters. I love the black people. I have Harry Goins has been my black. Been with you for a long time. Yeah, 20. You want to buy him? No, no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Carson goes, no, no. <laughs> yeah, he realizes he's got to listen to everything he's saying in this segment. <laughs> and, you know, um, I wonder, I keep referencing the documentary Mr. Warmth just because I happened to rewatch it. Um, but uh, Sarah Silverman in that documentary says, like, Rickles... Uh, again, talking about like the charm that he has and the reason he would get away with this shit is because he would hit everyone with that stuff. Right. Con like constant Asian jokes, right. Uh, Italians, Irish, Polish, Jews, which he was Jewish. Um, you know, there was no, nothing was out of bounds for Rickles. So he would hit, hit everyone with that. I'd be curious if Sarah Silverman would say that now. Oh, no. Because she she's become kind of a different person <laughs> you think he's a monster yeah i don't I, i'd be curious to see people kind of talk themselves out of pretzels when they when they talk about guys like uh don rickles right um because his he, a lot of his jokes were brutal but everyone got them you know there was no way he wasn't bashing the left or the right or only this race or that race it was uh pretty equal like he spoke to everyone in the same fashion. So that's why it was like exciting to be insulted by Don Rick. Right. <laughs> uh, next we have Freddie. Uh, oh yeah. This is him just uh, ripping into Freddie de Cordova. <laughs> you know, oh, there was a, or a bit early on, uh, or maybe it was just genuine. He didn't know how to pronounce, but he, he would always say uh, Freddie de Corvida, <laughs> like mispronouncing his name. I always wondered if that was just to fuck with him or if it was uh, by accident. You know what I want to ask you about? Surely. What's the whole idea? We're not going to sit here and stare at each other's outfits. That's right. That is a cute outfit. As you get older, you start to go for the sports jacket and slacks. Mm. And, and as you get older, you start to go for those Mickey Mouse suits. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, this is the toy Johnny Carson outfits that are made in Buffalo for $2. <laughs> With the thin lapels and the cute little shirts. And in the back, he has a fake dick in. There's no outfit. No fly, no front. Just a little. And underneath, he's wearing jeans and a dead cowboy suit. A dead cowboy yeah, suit? Yeah, well, they don't know. Don't try to say that. Never ask you what you mean. We're not going to make this a question and answer. That's Hit right. the buzzer and win two trips Hold to a loop. Hold on. Go back a little, because that's what I was referring to earlier. Where Johnny's like, well, explain that. And Rickles is like, ah, fuck you. Don't ruin my bit. <laughs> Dick in, there's no outfit. No fly, no front. Just a little. And underneath, he's wearing jeans and a dead cowboy suit. A dead cowboy yeah, suit? Yeah, well, they don't know. Oh, don't try to say that. Never ask you what you mean. We're not going to make this a question and answer. That's Hit right. the buzzer and win two trips nah. to a luau. Uh, you, you went to England and you entertained for the royal family? Shut up, Freddie. If you knew more than me, you'd be a guest. <laughs> 
You don't see him over here. No. I love that. Ever since he did Bozo, he's drunk with power. It's Bonzo. Bonzo. Here's your Bonzo. Bonzo this. Bonzo. Bozo. Bozo. It's the same darn thing. Bonzo. I don't follow apes. I don't. I'm a Jew. We own the whole zoo. <laughs> Carson is giggling like a little girl. <laughs> well, that, that's that's what Rickles, we heard him say it earlier. Basically, you know, going at the people in charge. And uh, Freddie Forever was Johnny's, like, right-hand man. He's the sort of the head honcho over there mm-hmm. at the Tonight Show. And so, like, if he says something off stage, uh, or off camera, rather, Rickles is just going to call it out. Be like, Shut the fuck up, Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be a guest if you were if you knew what you were talking about. That was immediate too. You can hear it off in the distance, and you immediately he's like, "I've been waiting to scream at this fucking guy." <laughs> but that's the interesting thing about Rickles is like, I think if Ed's the, the obvious thing would be to make fun of Ed McMahon, mm-hmm. and so it, he would almost like lift Ed up over, like elevate him over Johnny, because right. that was also funny to him. Right. Right. Um, wow, time has gone by in this next one. This is I'm talking about the the drinking days. Uh, oh yeah, this is a clip. Um, uh, much later clip from like late '80s, early '90s, but it's them talking about the uh, the old days. Uh, good that, to that see is you, John. Thank you. It's nice. Let's to see you clear that up. I must say, both of you guys, I haven't been on in quite some time. <laughs> yes, because Freddie told me you you didn't you didn't want humor. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And it's good to be back with you. You're both of you are good friends. And why don't we? We're the Musketeers. Why don't we go back to the old days in the Copacabana with broads? No, no, thank you. No, 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 no. Uh, no. Forget the money. Now you got a big estate. You play tennis. He gets up in the morning, and goes, "Do we own anything?" No, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You can pick on him, and you can pick on me. But just because coming up now next month, March, I think 14, something like that. Yeah, March 14. Something is like your that, yeah. 25th, the silver wedding anniversary, yes, right? Sir. Right. Yeah. Now that's that's, that's, that's important. But, sure. But you waited. You see, you didn't get married. You what, 45, 40, something like that? Don't get crazy. I wasn't 45. <laughs> Why don't you make me 80, spitting up in the hall? Yeah. Four, you, you were close to 40. You were 40. No, I was 38. You know it. You were there every night saying, how old are you? <laughs> Why did you wait to 38? Most guys Because are I hung out with you and him. Yeah. I didn't have a chance. I just... Both of you were booed. Now we're in the Cabana every night, every night in New York and Danny's hideaway. The people you don't know, these are places that are gone now. These people that drank with us are dead. It was just the three of us every night to anybody. That's right. Bring yourself. I want you in on this too. You were not exactly, you know, Father Father Flanagan in those days. Father Flanagan, girls. Remember, you like girls. You like girls. You like girls. You like girls. Didn't you? Hi, Connie. Over here. <laughs> Father Flanagan. Uh, is the, the thing I the reason I love that clip is just that, like, uh, by all accounts, it seemed like both Ed McMahon and Johnny were uh, world class boozers. Yeah. So it's just hilarious for Rickles to call them out on that. <laughs> I know uh, I've referenced it before. There's no, I guess there's really no episode, unless we just did a full-on Tonight Show episode. I don't know where we would fit it in, but uh, there is a great clip, go find it yourselves, I guess, of uh, Johnny calling Ed McMahon out for being drunk during the show. <laughs> yeah, a little liquid lunch, did we, Ed? <laughs> and then it's like trying to get his words out. It's hilarious. Yeah, I have no idea where we would place that. <laughs> yeah, unless we do, maybe we'll do an Ed McMahon episode someday. That'd be a perfect spot, out. yeah, yeah. Um. All right. What's next? Uh, this is Carson roasting Rickles. This is a this is a little slam that uh Carson gets back at Rickles. It was uh, I shouldn't say rare, but it was rare for him to hit him with a, a Rickles like zinger like this. It's great. And then we stayed at the Regency Hotel. Have you been to Regency? No. Have you been no, to Regency? Now both of you probably were at the downtown Dixie. Uh, <laughs> at the Regency. That's a classy place. Well, I suppose it. When you're making love to the wife, they come right in the room and go, oh, just continue. You want flowers? <laughs> Why, did they think you were dead? We'll be right back. He says, I'm ending on mine. <laughs> <laughs> he 
and you hear Rickles go, that was great. Almost like, hey, you finally got me with one. <laughs> oh, he was laughing real hard. <laughs> the crowd's whooping and hollering for him. But yeah, like you wouldn't hear uh, Johnny slam him as much as uh, Rickles would get one in on Johnny. So it was funny to hear. <laughs> they think you were dead. <laughs> um, this this is the Sinatra one. I, I think this is maybe the best anecdote in uh, talk show history. This is a, I love this story. And you guys probably know it. I know it's been repeated a million times before. Um, but Sinatra, the tonight, you know, Carson getting Sinatra on was a big deal. Like Sinatra for his generation was, you know, Elvis or the Beatles. Like he was the guy for a period of time. And uh, so he does the Tonight Show and they bring Rickles out because uh, Rickles and Sinatra were, you know, longtime friends, like I mentioned. And so uh, Sinatra just before they. Before they go, before the end of the segment, Sinatra says, let me just get this one last story in if I could. This is the most exciting night in the years that I've known Johnny Carson. He started me on this show. This is the most exciting night, and I, 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 so help me. It's a great night. He was even nervous because he came to me and said, and I said, you are a powerhouse, and Frank, I love you. <laughs> I'm not sure that's actual Italian for the folks at home. He just keeps kissing him on the mouth. Can I, listen, can I tell a story about sure. what this man did to me once? You may have known or heard about this. It was a true story. This was a long time ago, long before Don got married. I was eating dinner at a restaurant in New York, and uh, uh, I was with some friends, and he came over to the table, and he said, Frank, do me a favor, will you? He said, I'm sitting with a very pretty girl, and... Uh, I'm trying to make out, you know, and he said, I told her I know you, and she really doesn't believe me. Would you stop by the table? I said, all right. I was just about finished. I was down to the espresso, and I finally he went back, and I walked by the table, and I said, how are you, Don? Nice to see you. He said, can't you see I'm eating, Frank? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I, went, I went through the whole thing. You watched it with my mouth open. <laughs> it's, it's such a great story, and it beats any any of the Bill Murray stories you hear. Where uh, like Bill Murray would take a fry off someone's plate mm-hmm. and say, uh, "No one will ever believe you," and walk away. <laughs> yeah, right. I think this this beats that. Like that's this that that to me is one of the best moments because it's so calculated mm. for Don to go out of his way to ask, you know, the biggest artist in the world at that time. Yeah, you know that women loved like Sinatra was oh, yeah. dropping panties in the fifties like nobody's business. Oh yeah, no, like one of my favorite stories similar to that was uh there was a kid passed out drunk at a a, a table at a bar and Tom Hanks saw him mm-hmm. and took pictures on the kid's phone. So when he opened his phone, there was just a, <laughs> a bunch of pictures of Tom Hanks with that kid like hammering. That's great. That's yeah. great. I never heard that one. That's good. Oh, there's pic- the pictures are out there. It's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, for Rickles. To have the presence of mind. And, and what's also great about that is the bit is for no one. Nobody. <laughs> you know, like Riggles isn't saying, hey, maybe in 15, 20 years, this comes up on The Tonight Show. Yeah. <laughs> it's for nobody but him <laughs> to yeah. humiliate Sinatra. <laughs> probably the friends he was referring to were probably murderers. <laughs> Don't you see him eating Frank? <laughs> Get the hell out of here. <laughs> and the balls of Rickles. To be certain that Sinatra is going to be okay with that. Oh, I know. You know, like obviously they had some sort of relationship, so I'm sure he had a good read on him. But like, I would just be petrified of like he's not going to understand them. This is a joke. They were close enough. Yeah, they were close enough that with the joke aside, that Sinatra actually did that for him. Right. Yeah, that's (laughs) the thing is, it's a big ask to get hey Sinatra, you know, close for me. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my five that. One of my favorite stories ever. I love that. It's very uh, funny. So I, ha- I know you guys have probably heard it, but I had to include it. Um, next we have uh, One Year Left. We're down to our last three clips, by the way. Oh, wow. We're flying through these. Jesus. It's been an hour almost. But still, I, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like it when I'm hanging out with you guys. You know? We're just all, all good pals. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is, uh, this is when, if you go back and listen to our uh, Late Night Wars episode, um, this is when Johnny, right after Johnny basically came out at those NBC upfronts and said, uh, I'm out of here. I'm so glad. Why? I was so- backstage. Everybody's packing. 
<laughs> it's a year. They well, got a year yet. Well, Everybody got said, what are you doing? Oh, I'm getting the hell out of here before. Before he decides to come back. <laughs> well, where are you going to work when I leave? I <laughs> can <laughs> <laughs> This is about it, you know. You, Arsenio Hall is going to be at the house for dinner. Right, <laughs> John, it'll live about another year. Yeah. I wish you luck, John. Thank I think, you, Don. I think it's time you moved on. Oh, I think so. I am not saying that facetiously. I'm not retiring. You know, you, I'm just stepping down as the host of this show. There you're are finished. There are things I want to get. <laughs> Stop trying to be graceful. They asked you to get out, and you're walking away. <laughs> Which is hilarious to do because it was Johnny's decision, but there were all these like stories of NBC trying to push Johnny out, trying to convince him to retire. They were worried about his age. They were worried about that's why that Arsenio line is so great because, like you said earlier, Craig, anyone else that probably would have chapped Johnny's ass. He hated Arsenio. Like basically said, "I'm coming for you, Johnny," um, and did for a little while. Like took kind of the young the young chunk of uh, Johnny's audience. And so for uh, someone to go on and make that joke, like it had to be Rickles to, to get away with it. Right. <laughs> um, Excuse me. Next we have his last appearance. Yeah, so this is... Uh, this is... This, is, uh, this annoyed me. Uh, not the appearance itself. It's always bothered me when I've gone back and watched old Tonight Show stuff. Um... Johnny's last guest was Robin Williams, who was, you know, massive at the time, big star, um, but, and had been on The Tonight Show before and things. But, like, unless I just, yeah, maybe I had to be around to know this. You older, uh, you older folks, correct me if I'm wrong here. But, like, Robin Williams was not synonymous with The Tonight Show. No. You know, like you don't think of the Tonight Show launching Robin Williams' career or anything like that. Whereas, like with Rickles, and there's probably some other guys. Um, you know, you could argue Leno because Leno was taking over, but Johnny didn't like that, so it's not going to be him. Um, I don't know who else it would be realistically, other than Rickles. To me, it seems so obvious to make Rickles the last guest. Um, but they didn't do that. I think this is like a month before uh, Johnny left. So that, that was always weird to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has nothing to do with this clip. I just wanted to say that, that I, I find it odd. I'd love to, uh, I don't know if Johnny, I, I don't, I've never heard, Johnny didn't do interviews or anything really. Um, so I don't know if he ever addressed why he would go with Robin Williams in particular. And then after that, it was like Bette Midler singing You're the Wind Beneath My Wings. Yeah. So an odd. And our last episode, um, well, technically the last episode of the Tonight Show was like a, a best of. It was weird. And Letterman did the same thing. Um, but as far as guests go, those were the last two. I don't know why it wasn't Rickles. But anyways, um, long story short, this is Rickles' last appearance. To me. Are you up? We're going we're gonna to end this, you know, in May. Are you going to miss coming here? Being- You're leaving in May? Yes. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> That's right. You're you, going? You know that. Oh, well, I do. And I'm, I'm going to be very depressed for about two minutes. Uh, hey, I want to tell you, and then we'll get this out of the way. Thank you for 25 some odd years we met in New York. That's right. And I got news. God bless you. You're the best. Oh, and that's the end. Well, that's, you don't have to do that. Push into it, didn't I? I know that, I know, at the end. I know, I know that didn't come easy for you. are not at the end. It's not easy well, for I me. I pushed you into that, didn't I? That's right. <laughs> Which, I, I mean, like, it's funny watching all of these in a row, because you, you, we know that it came very easy for Rickles. I know. It was always, I was always, like, at the front of mind, thanking Johnny. He was um, very respectful, kind of in the way, um, like, when we talked about Artie Lang, you know, the guy, the guys that Rickles influenced in this generation are pretty obvious. All the tough crowd guys, yep. you can tell for sure. Yep. Uh, Artie's definitely another one. Mm-hmm. Um, Norm, to an extent, you know, like, Nor- I think Norm is a culmination of a lot of different things. He basically influenced the entire Boston comedy scene. <laughs> really insult comedy and roast. Yeah. Like, come from Don Rickles, kind of, you know? Right. 
There's there's elements of just busting balls with your friends that come from Don Rickles. It's crazy the the impact that he had on on comedy. And he played Mr. Uh, Potato Head. Yes, that's certainly that's certainly true. Yes, that's <laughs> that's had, what most of us know him for. He had range. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a hilarious. We you know this is like what we talked about with Saget, where um, you know he's this filthy comedian, but he was also in like an iconic children's show. Mm-hmm. Um, Rickles today, they would never allow him to be Mr. Potato. I don't know. He was he was doing funny lines in the movie because my kids still watch it. So once in a while, I'll catch one, and he's pretty right. funny in it. But no, but that my point is, I think now they would say like, oh, his his comedy is problematic. People aren't allowed to be multiple things. Well, and we saw that with Gilbert, kind of toward where Gilbert was in like children's movies and shit. And then kind of at the end, like, because he's this dirty comic, he was persona non grata in certain places. Where he would be saved would be that Tim Allen is the lead. So people would ignore underneath because they'd be so focused on going after him. I forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) I forgot. Um, All right. So now we are at a... um, Our last clip. Last clip. Very sad. Sorry to end on a sad note, but this is... um, after Carson passed away. Uh, But what I think is notable here is Rickles was always Rickles. And that goes back to the, you know, there's clips from his standup where he's like singing and he's this old timey kind of vaudevillian performer, but he was always that, you know? Yeah. And so I think that comes through in this clip where there's no part of Rickles that wants to say, hey, I'm going to break character and really talk about my buddy. Right. He's able to deliver a sincere message, but still come off as Rickles. Again, that's a that's a tremendous talent, I think. Yeah. And uh, you said that, sorry to end on a somber note, but from the, in the future, if you guys are watching along and you see any footage that is a square shape and not a rectangle shape, it's not going to probably end positively they're probably old and dead so that's usually how it ends <laughs> yeah yeah we're gonna end with a guy dying uh, very often <laughs> often but uh this is uh him on dateline what is it that you think he would want us to say about him in other words we all want to leave some sort of legacy would he want us to celebrate his sense of humor at least well believe it or not in my opinion i think he would say don't do that i think he would like us to laugh and kid around about him but i don't think he'd like us to be serious saying he's gone and poor johnny and he was sick and all he doesn't he wasn't that kind of guy uh, I, I think he just wanted god to put him where he's supposed to be and that's it and, and make god laugh for a while but he certainly didn't want to fuss about him. And uh, as I speak now, I, I just hope that somehow he hears me speak. And I know, Johnny, I, I, we all loved you. And wherever you are, you'll, you'll keep him going. But he was the last guy to say, hey, give me some accolades. He wasn't at all like that. We had a reporter say tonight, I think, and rightly so, that we missed him even before he was gone. What will you miss about Johnny Carson, Don Rickles? His soul, his caring for my wife and I, and his great spirit when I was on the show, and how he always, always made me look like a champion. He was something else. Like I, People in, in, in the business and the public used to say it, it was an event when I went on because he himself made me look like beyond belief. And no one, no one can replace that. And what I love about that clip is that Don doesn't change himself at all. Like, and I'm sure I've been uh, guilty of this where I think it's kind of everyone's impulse when someone passes to just use the tone of my, I mean, he was, he was like a brother to me. He was the greatest (laughs) man. But Rickles talking there, his tone is literally no different than any other clip we played. He's like, yeah, he's like, I love Johnny. He did a lot for me. I don't think he'd want us to, you know, sob over him. I think he'd want us to remember the, the good times. And uh, so that was Rickles. I think he was always true to himself in the sense that you could tell he was like a sweet guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Newhart did tell, uh, I, I was listening to Newhart tell one story um, where his wife didn't know, Newhart's wife didn't know Rickles on stage act. Um, and, you know, Rickles and Newhart, longtime friends, uh, the four of them would like double date all the time and hang out. And then the first time uh, Mrs. Newhart went to see Rickles act, um, Bob warned her like, Hey, just so you know, the guy that you love so much, 
I, he might get like dirtier than usual. <laughs> and I think the way Newhart tells it is the first thing he did on stage is refer to Bob Newhart's wife as a hooker. In the front row. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so like there were, I mean, he was, you know, he wasn't that guy all the time, I guess is my point. But like, I, I think uh, it, both his charm and his uh, uh, venom, as Milton Berle said, uh, come through always. Like he genuinely uh, was himself. And Carson was one of the best at playing with that, which made uh, Rickles one of the best talk show guests of, uh, of all time. And we've, we've talked about this before. It's just a shame that like uh, actors and people like this aren't actually friends anymore because you don't get those fun stories anymore. No, no. Well, you know, I think that's why podcasting is so popular uh, because those guys are friends. That's our current equivalent of hearing, you know, Ed McMahon and Carson and Rickles getting sauced together in the sixties. Now the closest thing we have to that is comics talking about hanging out at the comedy cellar, the comedy store, um, like particularly in their early days when they did have time to hang out and, you know, um, kind of create memories together like that. Um, so that, I, I do think that like helped develop podcasting. And there's a reason a lot of those fan bases have, you know, Howard Stern style fan bases where you like, you feel like, you know, the people, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. I don't know. Anything else to add on uh, Rickles before we get out of here? Uh, go watch Toy Story. He's magical in it. Craig, the Craig's plugging Toy Story on the show. <laughs> it's a new movie, you know. <laughs> and you know what he should be plugging is blindmike.net. Make sure you go there. Um, you know, sometimes we will. Uh, I can't imagine this episode is going to be monetized, but sometimes we play videos that YouTube will allow, and you should watch those on YouTube several times. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Go, get when you finish, go to the beginning and watch it again. Um, <laughs> So, uh, or you can uh, listen to the show, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, all the places you get podcasts. As you know, because you're listening now, you made it to the end. I imagine you know you can listen to this. Uh, and if you want bonus content, you should check out the Patreon and subscribe, as well as the uh, the Quincy episodes that I referenced earlier and the Blind Mike Project. Uh, go listen to Who Are These Socials? That's me and Carl. Do that on Thursday nights at 6 on the Who Are These Podcasts YouTube channel. Um, and, uh, you can find all of these links that I'm referring to at blindmike.net. So please do that if you'd be so kind. And, uh, you could also, if you're looking for more toy story plugs, <laughs> you can go to verygoodshow.org, And yeah. that's where Craig talks about Pixar movies from the early nineties. Yeah. We give her a new review every week, uh, yes. but verygoodshow.org. Listen to the show for free. If you like it, maybe possibly jump on the Patreon. We, so we thank you guys. And I think that's going to be it for this week. Uh, next week, if you guys don't know, I believe big episode, Kirk Minahan will be on talking uh, Dennis Miller. So stay tuned for that. And we'll talk to you guys next time on Why Are You Laughing? Zip it up and zip it out. <laughs>